Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. If you have your Bible with you, go with me to uh, the book of Luke, chapter 9. If you have a Bible app or if you got the new, the new Life Church app, there's a Bible in there. Luke chapter 9. And let's get into some good things today. We began a new series uh, of messages last week. Uh, I call this new series Authorized. Authorized. And uh, I I was explaining to you previously how that sinners are under the dominion of what the Bible calls the prince of the power of the air. But when a person gets saved, when a person is made alive, their position changes. They are no no longer subject to, but now they are dominant over those very things. And basically, when a person gets born again, they they become authorized by God to carry out His will in the earth. All right, and this is a truth that, that a whole lot of people don't really know about. Uh, but we are placed in a higher position in life. We're no longer, if, if you're saved, you're no longer a slave to Satan and a slave to sin. And sometimes people didn't only realize that they are that. They think all their decisions and all their thoughts originate within themselves. They don't. They're, they don't. You've, you've been mastered. Uh, but when you get saved, you change masters, huh? And you make Jesus the Lord of, Lord of your life, and he then gives you power and gives you a right to do things in the earth, okay? But you have to know about it to make it work, all right? Very possible for someone not to be aware of what God has given them. Uh, but there is much erroneous teaching that needs to uh, be undone, before a person can begin to respond correctly to the things that happen to them in life. Uh, You can be a believer but not know this, and the end result is you will totally respond and react differently to, to life in general and what happens to you than the person who knows what I'm sharing with you, what I'm teaching. And, and so if you want to flip this thing over on its head, meaning everything, every attack, every satanic influence, every, every circumstance that, that, that's just not pleasant, if you want to turn it over on its head, then you definitely want to get this, okay? Because it will empower you to do that very thing. If I'm waiting on God and He's waiting on me, we're stuck we're at a standstill and that's the position many believers are in life is they don't see God do very much there's not much of a of a noticeable um, tangible interaction and intervention and involvement of God in their life it's more each one each side is waiting for the other person to act yeah good news is the Lord has already acted he's already moved and when we discover how this works it puts us in a position to get some things done now in in Luke chapter 9 I want you to notice with me here the very first verse Uh, it says speaking of Jesus then he called his 12 disciples together 
and gave them power over all demons. That's interesting. They didn't have it, but he gave it to them. You can be given to a person. And to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the gospel, uh, excuse me, to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And, and so Jesus gave them these two things that enabled them to do this. At the end of this transfer, this gift to them, they were able to remove demons from people's lives. They didn't have that ability before, but then they did. And they were able to cure sicknesses or to heal sicknesses. Yeah, because of two things. Now, those two things do this. If you have them, you can do this too. Because that's what they do. And the two things were authority and power. Authority and power give a person an ability to exercise demons, to remove demonic activity, and to heal sicknesses and disease. If you could get a hold of authority and power, you're in a real good position. <laughs> you're in a real good spot. All right? Uh, the, first of all, look at this authority. Authority is the Greek word is called exousia, all right? And it means the right or power to enforce rules or give orders, all right? So they, used, they were subject, they were not in charge, but then they were given the right, they were given the power to enforce rules. They were put in charge. And now when they spoke, it meant something. Before, their voice didn't carry much weight, but once they've been given exousia, now their voice carried much weight. And what they said had to be followed. All right? That's called authority. And they were also given power. All right? Power, that's the Greek word uh, dunamis, which is where we would get our English word dynamite. All right? They were given explosive power. Uh, this means the ability, skill, or capacity to do something. All right? So they weren't able to do it. They didn't have that skill. They didn't have that, that force, that power. Greek even implies miraculous power. They didn't have that, but they were given that. And then all of a sudden, they could do what they couldn't do before. They had power. They had dunamis to get some things done. Now, God is known by many of us to be all-powerful. It's one of the characteristics of being God is He is all-powerful or omnipotent. That simply means that He has the ability or strength to do anything. There is nothing too hard for God. There is nothing that is beyond His ability to, to accomplish. God is also referred to, and depending on your Bible translation, you may see this word all over the place, or it may be uh, substituted for other English words, uh, but God is also sovereign, okay? He, he is called a sovereign God. Well, that simply means that He is the supreme, highest-ranking authority. He, he, he's, the, he's the head honcho, all right, in the Hebrew. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Okay, work with me. Uh, the big cheese in the Greek. Okay, uh, forget it. Uh, 
but he is the highest ranking authority. Now, we should be aware of this. There is an extreme sovereignty teaching that goes around. It's way over out there in the ditch, and it takes a truth and moves it way into a, a dangerous area. It's an extreme, top, poverty, extreme sovereignty teaching. Basically, it, it, it says that God controls everything. Okay, it proposes this idea that everything that happens is, is, is under God's control, meaning he's making decisions every day as to who lives and who dies, and who gets sick and who gets healed. He's making decisions as to you're going to get in a car wreck and you're not. You know what I'm talking about? You're going to get stuck in traffic and you're going to have all green lights. Meaning, God is controlling everything. This person's going to be abused, and this person's not going to be. Okay, it's an extreme, way out there, unbiblical. There are so many scriptures that contradict that, that type of understanding of God. Uh, and I tell you, that is a dangerous belief system. Because it will put you and I into a passive position, and we will not take up what the Lord has given to us, we will sit back believing that he's just running everything. And if that's not the case, which it's not, then a whole bunch of good things won't happen and a whole bunch of bad things will continue to rule and reign and dominate in this life. All right? And so uh, that's an extreme teaching. But I know that some individuals struggle with the fact uh, that, that God is both all good and he is all-powerful, yet there is so much evil and so, much, so many bad things that happen in the world and in life. But what we must understand to, 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 to gain an understanding of the kingdom of God and, and how things work in life is this issue of delegated authority, okay? If you leave that out of the equation, it does most certainly cause a whole bunch of confusion. But as soon as you understand that God delegates, that he gives what he is able to do and his right to do it over to people, and then it literally becomes theirs, and it's no longer his job to exercise it, then everything all of a sudden starts to make sense. And you realize why, how God can be all-powerful and all-good, but yet he's turned things over to us. Does that make sense? You can see that even in the beginning, when God turned things over to Adam, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, when he turned things over to Adam, and Adam immediately messed it up, why didn't he go back in there and just wipe it out, you know, like a whiteboard, just erase and start over? Well, it's because he had committed something. He had given his word. In one sense, you could say it like this, that God has even limited himself because of what he has said. The very moment he says it, he abides by it himself. The psalmist said it this way, that, that he has exalted his word above his name. That means whatever comes out of his mouth, he is going to live by that as well as we are to live by that, but he himself abides by it. So if he hands something over to someone, it literally is theirs. He doesn't just take it back. Even, even in the New Testament, you read over in Romans that the gifts, of, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. He gives it, 
He calls someone, it's done. Now, he decided to do this. This was his uh, prerogative to create the world and create us any way he wanted, but he chose to do it that way. And so once something is given, he cannot then just step in and act like it had not been given previously. Everybody with me on this? I'll seem kind of quiet. Uh, I guess I'm doing the talking, so that's all right. Uh, and so this issue of delegated authority, the fact that God cannot lie, um, is, is very important. If he told us to do something, it then cannot be done by him. That's the way it works. As soon as we get that, we understand that about the Lord, we'll start reacting, responding differently. Now, when we reference, again, power and authority, uh, these can be seen in some natural uh, examples. One is with law enforcement, okay? The police officer generally will wear a uniform and have a badge, right? And how many know for most of us that's enough? Or, I mean, if, if, if the police officer shows up, you see the uniform, you see the badge, uh, you're going to respect that. And if he says, do something, we're going to do it. Why? Because we know that uniform, that badge represents authority. He has the right uh, to do, to say, to do things um, that I don't necessarily have. They have that right, correct? Or if the car pulls up behind you, got the lights going, most of us are going to pull over, right? <laughs> Anyone not going to? Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> but what, what is that? That's authority. Listen, for the Christian, that's what they look like in the spirit. You look, you are uniformed up. You, you have a badge. Why? You've been authorized. You've been authorized to make statements, to make demands. I'm not talking about on the Lord. But you've been authorized to call the shots. You've been put in charge. You've been given the uniform. Now, you might not see yourself that way. You might not even have even known you had a uniform or a badge. You might have seen yourself, you know, wearing something else or nothing <laughs> in the spirit. You might feel, think I'm very weak or vulnerable or I don't have any power. I don't have any control over this situation. No, you do. You just don't know you do. But that lack of knowing that you do is huge. Huh? If the police officer does not know that he has the right to tell someone to stick him up or freeze or pull over or, or whatever, then he's not going to do what needs to be done. But the officer needs to know this position gives you the right to exercise authority. Hmm? Now, for those that don't comply with the badge and the, you know, the, the command and, and those things, there's something else. You know what that is? Dunamis. Huh? It comes in the form of a weapon on the side of the officer, you know, on, on the officer's belt. It's a gun. It's a, it's a baton. You don't want to be on the wrong end of that stick, right? And well, if someone does not obey the authority, then there's some, there's some enforcement that goes behind it. And individuals will be forced to comply, forced to do what they're told. Huh. And, and if that's not sufficient, 
if the, the, the presence of physical force or these weapons is not sufficient, there's a radio, right? What does the radio do? It gets the rest of the police force. Yeah. Basically, you resist long enough, the whole country will be against you, <laughs> and they will make you comply, all right? We have been given that name, and we've been authorized to use it to do things in the name of the Lord. We've been called to do it, and we not only have the right to do it, we have Hall of Heaven backing us up. I tell you, and if a circumstance, a demon, a situation doesn't change, it's not just me. It's me and the hosts of heaven that back me. It is the power of, of Almighty God that stands behind those words because the Lord turned over the right to run the place to me, to you. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be tragic, wouldn't it be tragic if, if the hosts of heaven were sitting around twiddling their thumbs? Because they were just waiting on someone to stand up and, 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 and take charge. Instead of poor old us, weak, incapable, not able to do much. Instead, we found out well, who we are, what we have, what we can do. We stood up and said, absolutely not. This will not be the case in my life. I am not going to permit this to happen around me any longer. I am, I am exercising my rights as a child of God, and this is no longer going to take place. What happens? All of heaven goes to work to enforce it, to make sure what you say comes to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if this seems kind of new to some of you, hold on, hold on. We're just getting started. And uh, I realize some of you, have, some have never been taught these things, and it's a, it's a tragic that you haven't. Uh, but the Lord wants us to, to, to understand some of these things. When I say that you are authorized I'm speaking of delegated authority, something that God gave us so we can deal with circumstances and trials. Uh, it is no longer God's responsibility to deliver us. It is our responsibility to enforce the victory. Do you see how that's a different way of thinking? Well, I'm just praying for the Lord to help me. Don't get me wrong. He will help you. But one of the ways he's going to help you is by, is by sending you here to listen to this right now. And the end, the end result will be you rise up as a person who's authorized to take charge. Amen. Maybe you've heard things like this said before. Uh, for Christians, for believers, we are not the sick trying to get healed. Or we are not uh, the defeated trying to obtain victory. That, those are true statements. Who are we? We are the healed, enforcing the rights of our redemption. We are the victorious, laying hold and staking our ground and saying, I am who the Lord says I am. Huh? The enemy is trying to take it away from, from you and I, but he's not going to do it. Amen. Now go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You see, when, when, you, when you understand this reality, you also get to this place that it's not that God allowed something to happen. It's, it's that we allowed it. Now, I want you to consider and, and ponder those thoughts. For, I know some individuals may struggle with that concept, but stay with me. Let the Lord teach you something, all right? 
you be, people have viewed everything that's happened. Well, the Lord allowed this to happen. And, and this might be a little bit of <clears throat> punch in the gut. But hold on. Don't, don't prejudge this before you really see it clearly. The Lord didn't allow it to happen. You allowed it to happen. Now, I don't mean on purpose. Who would? But there are things that get allowed to take place. Sometimes it's through negligence. Sometimes it's through ignorance. But they're allowed to happen. They don't have to happen. It does not have to be that way. And I want to know what I can do about it. I want to know what can be done if I rise up and take my place in Christ, this place of authority, this place of victory, these things that have been given to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, notice over here with me in verse 12, 2, 12, it, it reads, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now stop for a moment. Let's look at this real slow. You see, first of all, it is possible to have something and not know that you have it. Freely given to us by God, but you don't know that it's been given to you. Someone said, well, if the Lord gave me something, I certainly would know it. Why? Because you think everything the Lord gives you is physical in nature, is fleshly in nature. That is called walking by sight. That is the opposite of walking by faith. All right? So if I judge everything the Lord has, giving me, has given me by what I can see, by what I can feel, there is a whole bunch of stuff that I'm going to be totally ignorant of. Yeah. So you see, it's possible that the Lord has given someone something and they don't know about it. Does that mean the Lord didn't give it? No. It just means you don't know that He gave it to you. So you could potentially live your life for years, for decades, with something that you don't know is there. And if you don't know is there, you won't use it. If you don't no, it's there, and you don't use it, you won't benefit from the purpose that it was given to you. And so God intended for you to enjoy and experience certain, uh, certain blessings in your life, and so He gave you something that would produce that, but you don't know that you have that, so you never experience that particular blessing. And maybe wonder throughout your life, how come this doesn't happen to me? Why does this work for somebody else? Why, doesn't, why don't I have this in my life? I've asked the Lord for that. I've prayed. I don't understand why I don't have this. You see how it works? God's not going to change the whole system because uh, someone doesn't like the way it works. If I'm, if I'm unaware of how it works, He's not going to change it because I'm unaware of it. What is, it, what is He going to do? This. If you're seeking the Lord, here's the response. Not, I'm all of a sudden going to open my eyes one day and see that blessing. No, I am going to see it over here. I am going to see the fact that it's been given to me. 
and I'm going to take that knowledge and begin to act differently, to speak, to live, to pray, to do things in a different way because I have this knowledge, and that will, if I will do that, it will produce that blessing. But God is not going to go around the system, disrupt the system for an individual, even though He wants us to have it big time. I mean, Jesus went to the cross so we could have it. This is no small thing, but it still works like this. What? I'm giving you a spirit. It's not a spirit of the world, but it is a spirit that is from God. And this spirit, you know what he'll do? He is going to uh, show me things that have been freely given to me by God. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody say it out loud. Say, Father God, by your spirit, show me what I have. Show me what I can do. Show me everything that has been, has already been, freely given to me by you. Yeah, that's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. When you know what you have, oh, I tell you, it changes the way you're going to live. Changes the way you deal with all circumstances and life. But we must know what we have so we can take advantage of it. Amen. And you can put anything in that category. I mean, anything from God. You could talk about forgiveness of sins. Sins of all the world have already been placed on Jesus. People just need to know about it. There are many believers who live in constant guilt and shame and condemnation. You feel bad right now about things that you've done. When they come to your mind, you feel like a dirty person. You feel like a bad person. Man, I've failed so many times. I tell you what the Spirit of God wants to help you to see is you're, you're, you are free from that. There is no condemnation in Christ. Your sins have been washed away. He wants you to live your life as if that's never happened. Amen. But it's the knowledge of it that's important. See, it, it's, it's the knowledge of, of healing, that it's, it's a fact in the mind of God that's important. It's the knowledge of prosperity and righteousness and what we're talking about, authority, that we have been authorized to act in the Lord's stead to deal with things that are wrong in his name. But if I don't know I have it, I'll never do it. Huh? All right. Now, if you would, turn to Genesis chapter 1. Anybody got room for a little bit more here today? I feel like we're just getting started. I'm explaining the principles. I want to I show you that we're not making this stuff up. <laughs> and I want everybody to judge. You know, you judge this by the word. You see if it's in there. And you see if what we're saying to you is, is, is correct. It's not true just because, you know, I'm so elegant. <laughs> it, it's not true because someone has a good intention. Uh, no, it's true because God said it's true or it's not. And you, you understand this, and I'm getting off again. Uh, the, there is no lie in God at all. No darkness, no deception at all. El, Zippo, zero, nothing. Satan is the opposite. It's all deception. It's all lies. It's all trying to tweak our belief system so it's off just a little bit. And in this regard, he wants to tell you, you don't have it. You can't do it. This is, you're, you're weak. You're, you're powerless. You don't have the ability. And if you believe that lie, you will live subject to him even though you're in the spirit, badged up. But the Lord wants to get truth to us. Why? Truth makes you free. 
When you know that truth, you're free. Jesus said that in John chapter 8. You know the truth, it'll make you free. You don't know it, you'll believe a lie, and you'll be bound up. You'll be subject to the, the prince of the power of the air. In Genesis chapter 1, I want to begin to look at God's original plan, His original design. Uh, you want to look at what's, what the way things, how God really wants things to be. Look at Genesis before the fall. Look at Revelation in heaven. Everything in the middle is a little bit mixed up with sin. But here's how, here's how we started. Notice with me in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them be subject to all the wild animals and all the, the creatures that are on the earth. Oh, excuse me. No, not subject. He said, let them have dominion dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You see God's intention, His design from the beginning was to delegate. I've made this amazing earth. I've created these animals. I've created all these things. Now run the place. Now you rule. You take charge. I'm turning it over to you. Can you see the Lord's not insecure? I mean, what if they did something in a way that he didn't like? That was okay. He liked that they were, had dominion. They were only given just one little thing that they weren't allowed to do. He said, do whatever you want. Eat all of all the trees. Ride the animals. You know, I'm adding to the scripture now, but, you know. <laughs> Whatever, do whatever you want. Enjoy this place. The Lord created it for, for our enjoyment. And he said, of course, you know, just don't eat that, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord still wanted to give them an option, a choice, so they would worship him by their decision. It would be freely, free worship given. We're not, they weren't puppets. Uh, but he gave them, basically, he turned the earth over to Adam. Do what you want with it. And uh, if you, you continue reading and uh, you read down in the 19th verse, it's interesting, and God told Adam, and he, why don't you name these people? I'm not these people, these animals. They're people too. <laughs> uh, why don't you name the animals? And, and whatever Adam called each of the animals, that was its name. Well, that's kind of dangerous. What if he calls some, uh, gives an animal a stupid name? <laughs> Here's how it works. Well, whatever you call it, we're just going to call it that from now on. God really meant business. He turned it over to him and said, you do what you want. Just don't eat of that tree. And of course they did. But uh, in, in Psalm 115 and verse 16, it reads, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. See, this was God's plan. He'll take care of the heavens, but the earth, he turns over to us. I know someone could say, but I know, there's, aren't there verses that say the earth is the Lord's? But you can see when you put these things together how God did this. Yes, God is still the owner of the planet, but absolutely he did delegate it or turn it over or lease it out to human beings. And while, we're, and, and, and while we have that lease, that's the way uh, things operate. Basically, you could say, now hold on to your seats if you're not used to, used to this language. You could say, without it saying it directly, that Adam 
became the God of this world. Now, God, small g. He's not God, not deity, but he became the ruler. The reason I say that is because when he sinned and committed high treason against God, he broke that one command. Basically, he turned that power, that that right to rule this place over to Satan, and he became the God of this world. And he is called even today the God of this world. Okay? Where did he get it? Where did Satan get so much influence? He got it from Adam. Where did Adam get it? He got it from God. God gave it to him. It was done. It was delegated. And if something is truly a gift, you have the right to do whatever you want with it. And if you want to give it away, you can. Unfortunately, he did. And he did, and sin entered in, and disease, and poverty, and war, and all kinds of tragedy throughout human history because there is a spirit that is at, at, in operation in the world today. He's the devil. Amen. And it'd be probably recommended that we remember that when it comes to judging situations and saying, Lord, why did this happen? Or why did you allow this? Or Lord, did you do this? He's not the only one in the game. He's all powerful, but again, we explained that, how, how that works and how he works with people. Adam then, of course, he didn't have the moral right to do what he did. It was wrong. But he did have the legal right to do it. God legally gave him the right to do it. And you, you, if you study the scripture, you'll find this over and over again. There is language that's legal in, in nature. Legal terminology. There are laws that govern this kingdom and how God relates to us. It's not just about God do whatever you want to do. Can I take, take this one step further? If that were the case, that God could just do whatever he wanted to do anytime he wanted to do it because of the fact that he's God and he's all-powerful and, and, and uh, sovereign and all these things, then what it was the whole big deal about Jesus going to the cross? Because if he really was that, couldn't he just have said, forgiven, 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 forgiven? Why didn't he do that? Because he couldn't. It would be illegal. It would break his own word. It would break his own commitment to delegate it. It would break his own turning of this place over to, to, to mankind. He had to do it through legal avenues. And it was complicated. <laughs> and it was sneaky. And it was done in such a way where the devil didn't know it was happening. But through all the sacrificial system of the Old Testament, and then one day Jesus slides in there through Mary. He is both God and man, and he is sinless, and he qualifies to be the spotless lamb to bear the sin of the world. And all of a sudden, he's on the cross, and, 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 and they're cheering and rejoicing, and, and yet they're being defeated right in the middle of it. Because God legally got back what Adam gave away. I'm getting ahead of myself, sorry. Am I going too fast? I want to say that again later, okay? <laughs> Hopefully even better. I want to finish up for today. Uh, but basically, whatever 
what happened back in Genesis is whatever was given to Adam was then turned over to Satan through his submission to Adam uh, through Adam's submission to Satan it was turned over to him whatever he was given the power to rule was now transferred to Satan and then he has the power to rule and this is true that Satan now has a right to be here until Adam's lease runs out and I'll explain that later but he was given the earth for a time period and when that's over it's over it's over in the meantime though we're not stuck Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 let me read this to you from the Amplified in closing today Colossians 1.13 it reads the Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love so we were what? We were under the control and dominion of darkness, but we changed kingdoms. And he moved us from one place to another. And now we live in the kingdom of the Son of his love. And we are authorized to rule and reign in Christ. And we can take dominion in this life. I tell you, if you've been run over and constantly hit and things have been coming against you in life, know who you are and what you have and what you can do. Know that the Lord has made a way for you to rule and reign in this life. And he's given you authority over demons and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you view yourself and see yourself not as an incapable insignificant worm of the dust but someone that God has called out of darkness into his marvelous light someone that God has given authority and power and a right to rule and reign and stand up strong in the face of that circumstance and situation and say no longer we are not going to have this in our home anymore this is not going to dominate our lives and our family in Jesus name this is going to stop today yeah! And I tell you, you are taking nothing away from God. You are taking nothing away from, his, from Him receiving all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. You're doing just the opposite. He is pleased. He is glorified when His children stand up and exercise their rights and do something with what Jesus paid so much to get into our hands. Amen. We are in the kingdom of the Son of His love. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you, and have a blessed day.